Welcome to the first episode in space series in my podcast, Little Mind Chats. Minds are little, not our thoughts. I'm your host, Siona. Today, we'll start our series with a discussion on solar system. We've all learned from school and so many other sources that we have eight planets in our solar system. And we've even heard about comets and asteroids. We've heard of the Kuiper Belt seen enough of visuals of our solar system. We've learnt how seasons are caused and the natural satellites like our moon exist. But in this episode, I'm even more curious than that. I'd like to use this opportunity and understand some more things about our solar system. Where would you go looking for answers then? How about knocking the doors of Israel? Indian Space Research Organization. An eminent organization that's the rock star in space exploration. Yes, today I'm feeling very happy, proud and blessed to be talking to Dr. B.R. Guru Prasad, ex-employee of Israel, who guides the encyclopedias and teaches the teachers about space and astronomy. He has worked as a scientist and science communicator in Israel for about 37 years. During his time, he was part of 25 Indian satellite missions. And of course, he has written 12 books and 500 articles on astronomy and space and was invited by various other countries to guide their space education for young people. There's so much to talk about him, but we'll jump straight into the questions. Hello, Dr. Guru Prasad. How are you doing today? Hello, Sienna. Very nice to be in this podcast. I'm doing fine. And uh, how about you? Yeah, I'm doing great too. Thank you. Here's my first question. What is the most fascinating fact about our solar system? We are asking about a really fascinating thing called the solar system. Let me give you a brief introduction. All of us know the solar system consists of the sun, which is our central star, as well as eight large bodies, which we call as planets, and more than 170 satellites that revolve around those eight planets. Not all of them. One, two of them doesn't have any satellites, but the other six do have. We have other bodies, minor bodies in the solar system, which are like large mountains or even much larger than that. They are known as asteroids, which are the leftover things from the time of the formation of the solar system. And we have more interesting and awe-inspiring bodies called comets. Even now one is visible. And, uh, of course, still smaller bits and pieces of comets and uh, asteroids are called uh, meteorites, okay, which circle the sun, like the planets. The sun, the planets, their satellites, the asteroids, the comets, as well as the meteorites, all these constitute the solar system. Now, 
Let us uh, come to your question specifically. What is this fascinating fact about our solar system? See the fact that uh, this solar system contains a planet called Earth on which life is there as well as the intelligent life, which is this intelligent life, we ourselves, human beings. We are there on this. This is one of the most fascinating facts in the solar system because other than the Earth, we have not found life for sure on any other planet or satellite or anywhere else for sure. See, there have been speculations about life is there, intelligent life is there, extraterrestrial intelligence is there. Like that, a lot of people will talk. But one has to have solid proof. The second thing is, there are planets which are worlds unto themselves. They are very, very interesting worlds compared to our Earth. They look very bizarre. Look at Mercury, look at Venus, look at Mars, look at Jupiter, Saturn, Venus, and Neptune. They are quite different worlds. There are similarities, but there are lots and lots of differences. Well, this is the most fascinating fact about our solar system. Different planets with different environments and there are different worlds and amongst them we have a unique planet called Earth which hosts intelligent life. That I would say is the most fascinating thing about the solar system. Yeah, well, but I just want to ask you, because as I said in one of my news episodes, NASA has discovered some UFOs, and I said they was they looked like it was straight out of a sci-fi movie, and it was. Yeah, I do understand what you're asking. In your age, you think that there is proof. But, you know, finding life and finding intelligent life more importantly is a very very extraordinary thing so there was a great science writer in the united states by name carl sagan he has written a wonderful book called cosmos in one instance he told extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidences scientists will not speculate in the sense they don't listen to they don't encourage speculations. You have to have solid proof as to UFO. UFO is a word, unidentified flying object. That's all. It is not a flying saucer from some other world. There is no proof for that. Scientific proof has not been found till now. So if you find scientific proof, which is convincing for scientists, then one will accept. Otherwise, there is speculation. But... One more important thing is there. You said that uh, the fact that UFOs, okay, people are talking about it, but till now we have not discovered intelligent life, life or even intelligent life for sure. That does not mean they don't exist. That's why one person very nicely said, scientist, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. I hope you will appreciate this. Am I correct? Yeah, that that's totally true. What if the rest of the planets did not exist? Would it affect the Earth in any way? The answer is yes and no. Let us say if you 
do not have the other planets, there is no conceivable reason why life should not exist. Because life arose on Earth. You know that Earth revolves around the Sun at an average distance of 150 million kilometers. That is called one astronomical unit. And this, there is a zone in which Earth and Mars, they are orbiting the Sun. It is called Goldilocks zone. Okay, that is where you have water in the form of liquid exists. So, chances of finding life is more. Maybe other planets, if they were not to be there, it would not have uh, mattered much. But you know, the thing is, there is a giant planet in the solar system called Jupiter, the king of the planets. Mm -hmm. The thing is, you know, Jupiter is so big, you can put 1,300 Earths inside one Jupiter. Oh my God, that is a yeah, lot of Earths. Yeah, that's the way it is. During the formation of the solar system and uh, evolved, lot of projectiles like pieces of comets and satellites, they would have come and hit the Earth. Of course, they have hit the Earth, but Jupiter has taken the brunt of such attacks, okay, because it is so huge. From that point of view, it has helped the formation of life on Earth in an indirect way, I would say. Saturn is also very big, 750 times the size of the Earth, okay, in terms of volume, okay. Mm. Jupiter is very big. Oh, yeah, these are the planets which, uh, if they were not to be there, then things would have taken a different turn as far as the history of the solar system and the history of life on Earth is concerned. Yeah, sounds yeah. very surprising, actually. Yeah, and, yeah. And now that also clears my doubt on why gas giants are called gas giants because they're ginormous, really big. He yeah, they are very big because, you know, when the solar system was forming, a lot of rock and dust kind of things were there. And in, in that area, a lot of gases were there, hydrogen and helium, lighter gases were there. They started accumulating lots and lots of material accreted. Accreted means it got accumulated in one place. And as these planets became more and more uh, bigger, their gravity also got enhanced and they started attracting more and more material and that is how they grew up into giants, gas giants. Okay, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. If you want to land on them, you cannot land on them at all because there is no solid surface on Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus and Neptune. No, it is not possible. When you go there in a spacecraft, let us say, it is not easy to go to Jupiter like that. There are a lot of dangers, let us say. Think of it just for the sake of understanding. Go there and jump onto the surface of Jupiter. Then you will be jumping into an endless swimming pool kind of thing. There is no solid surface. You cannot stand on Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune as you do in the case of Mercury, Venus, Earth and Mars. Also, in UK, my teacher said that if you were to... Um, go on Jupiter and jump on it. You just keep falling forever and ever and ever until the, you come out the other side of Jupiter. Uh, no, that is not the case. You can't come from the other side of the Jupiter just like that. 
because you know the thing is uh, it is not like you know in the case of a swimming pool from the top to the bottom water density is the same but the density increases increases so much you can't even imagine nothing will be there it is first it will be gas then a compressed gas then it becomes liquid then it is solid and still this one so you can't jump into jupiter and come from the other side that is not possible <laughs> okay um, it, it looks funny yeah but does jupiter have satellites yeah of course jupiter has the largest number of satellites in the solar system dozens okay out of those satellites only four of them are very important they are known as galilean satellites because it was galileo galilei who observed those satellites as dots of light around jupiter in 1609 ad in his honor they are known as galilean satellites they are known as io 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 europa ganymede and callisto in fact ganymede is larger than planet mercury okay the thing is they are very very interesting things and on io you will see hundreds of volcanoes many of them are erupting even at this moment of time you go to europa it looks like a golf ball okay it might contain an ocean down below it's a uh, uh, icy surface then ganymede up it is a very big one and callisto is the other one four satellites galilean satellites are very important my next question is what would happen if the moon did not exist yeah that's also an interesting question you ask me if so what if planets are not there would it affect us yes i told you about jupiter only jupiter and to a certain extent saturn but for all practical purposes jupiter but moon is our nearest celestial neighbor am i correct okay. yes moon is at a distance of only 384000 kilometers from the surface of from the earth why moon of course it provides light during night times today we have a lot of lights artificial lights but once upon a time when people were traveling moon was used as a light source during the night time and it was used for navigation even today to a certain extent they use it oh really but, yeah no doubt about it but scientists say that in addition to this thing it is due to the presence of the moon life is there as it is today okay. life has evolved easily with lot of pieces of comets and asteroids they will be coming towards the earth and they try to hit the earth moon to a certain extent in the history it has acted as a shield in addition to that moon is responsible for stabilizing the axis of the earth you know that oh but how is that earth's axis is tilted at an angle of 23.5 degrees from the vertical am i correct yeah so that is why you have seasons as far as the stabilization putting in a particular direction always moon has played an important role otherwise earth's axis would have tilted this way that way and for life to evolve it would not have been easy so moon is a beneficial next door neighbor in many ways okay and you know that there are 12 people have walked on the moon neil armstrong the first man on the moon he stood there on july 21st 1969 as per the indian standard time 
8.29 in the morning, oh Indian Standard Time. July 20th, according to the time prevalent in the eastern part of the United States, Eastern Standard Time, they say. Yeah, this is the day that Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. I feel so excited and can't believe we're recording this on the same day. <laughs> exactly today. That it is serendipitous, we say. Okay? That is not intended, but that is the way. I am talking to you on a very important day. On this day, 51 years back, Neil Armstrong stood on the surface of the moon in a place called Sea of Tranquility. He said that one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. No doubt about it. Isn't it? He took a small step. But as far as the achievement was concerned, it was a giant leap for mankind. Isn't it, Siena? Yeah. Yeah? It's so exciting to even think and wonder how Neil Armstrong felt on the moon 51 years ago on this very day. Yes. So, moon is really, really, really interesting, though you cannot stand on the surface of the moon as you are sitting there for this podcast and asking me questions. Okay, that's not possible. Moon doesn't have an atmosphere. Though you can stand on the surface of the moon, you can't stand, as Americans say, in a shirt sleeve environment. Yes. Why is Venus called as Earth's sister? Yeah, that's a very interesting thing. Earth's sister, it was called. Because, you know, look at the size of Venus. In terms of diameter, Venus is 90% the diameter of the Earth. Earth's diameter is 12,756 kilometers on the average you take. And Venus is around 12,000 kilometers. Then you take the volume, it's almost the same because of the diameter. Look at the density, it's almost the same. Look at the atmosphere of Venus. Venus has an atmosphere, of course, a thick atmosphere. Earth also has an atmosphere. This made people think that Venus Earth's sister. But now scientists know that it is a horrible world. In Indian languages, especially in the classical Indian language, hell was referred to as Naraka. And the, yeah. and the, the boss of Naraka was Yama, Yama Dharmaraya, we say. His kingdom, it is hell, you know. Venus is a hell because if you stand on the surface of Venus, yeah. I'm telling you because Venus was thought of a sisterly planet. Is there any similarity? Can you go there and stand and survive? Impossible. Because yeah. if you stand on the surface of Venus, your temperature everywhere is 460 degrees centigrade. Oh my God. Very hot and weird. And I and you are a sitting on the surface of the standing, jogging, walking, doing all sorts of things. So, atmospheric pressure is there on us. Am I correct or not? One atmospheric pressure is falling on us. That is 760 millimeters of mercury. But on Venus, if you stand there, 90 times this much of pressure will be falling on you every second. And you want to take a deep breath on the surface of Venus? You can't because it is more than 95% carbon dioxide which we exhale. And not only that, if you 
see rain on the surface of Venus. It won't rain on the surface of Venus. If it rains, it is not water, it is sulfuric acid. What else is needed as proof to call Venus as a hell? If you stand on the surface of Venus now, you will be vaporized almost. One will be asphyxiated because we can't breathe carbon dioxide. And one will be, will be crushed because of the pressure. You want to go there? Never, ever, mm. ever. Yeah, that's it. So, you're not asking anything on Mars. Well, what do you think? Should I ask him more about Mars? I sure will in the next episode. Listen to the continuation of this very interesting conversation and so much more information. Before we end this episode, don't you want to know what the competition for this month is? It's... I'm not going to tell you. Should I? Okay, fine. It's Grow Your Greens. If you had a chance to visit my Instagram account, you'd see that I've been able to start growing some greens. It made me feel very happy and something to look out for every day. I've now sewed them into the ground too, and that gave me the idea for this month's competition. If I can grow it, you can grow it too. All you need is some soil mixed with compost, a small container, and some seeds from your kitchen. You could use fenugreek seeds, cumin seeds, coriander seeds, or any seeds of your choice. It took my seeds just a week to sprout to that length. Can you believe it? Just grow it, click a pic, and send it to me. You could even hashtag me using LittleMindChat on Instagram and I'll be able to see them. Did you know Sophia and three other winners of the July competition won some amazing prizes? If you want to win them this time, please do send me your lovely Grow Your Greens pictures by Friday the 28th of this month. Remember that the judge only uses your pictures to decide who wins. And then the results will be announced on Sunday the 30th of August. You could send them to my email siona at littlemindchats.com or visit the competitions page on my website www.littlemindchats.com I'm so looking forward to my next episode to see what more Dr. Guru Prasad can fascinate us with. Thanks a ton for listening! 